Welcome to Life Concierge. Allow me to introduce you to people you can relate to, learn from, and connect with through conversations that are fun, but grounded in truth, growth, and perspective. I'm your host and concierge, Sarah Heider. Let's get started. Hello, everyone, and thank you for listening to another episode of Life Concierge Podcast. If you haven't done so already, please rate, review, and subscribe. I really appreciate all of your support in making this happen. Today, I'm super excited to introduce to all of you one of my favorite people on the planet, my friend Lauren. She's a hilarious and fiercely loyal friend, and I'm excited to have a conversation with her about motherhood and her new journey as an Instagram influencer. Lauren's Instagram account, Modern Montessori Mama, documents her real life and how she implements Montessori parenting methods into her daily life, while not letting the pressures of Montessori appearances stop her from making the choices that help her balance the needs of her family and her own needs. I myself am not a mother, so if you're listening and you don't think this episode is for you uh, because that is not a specific area of interest for you, I encourage you to give it a try because I've found in watching Lauren's Montessori journey, there are honestly concepts and philosophies that I was inspired by and want to implement into my own life as an adult single gal. (laughs) Lauren and I grew up together in Worcester, Ohio, and she received both her bachelor's degree and master's degree from The Ohio State University. She's worked in the STEM field in both Ohio and in Connecticut, where she currently resides after relocating for her husband's grad school program. Lauren is the mother of a two and a half year old daughter. And when we recorded this podcast, Lauren was actually pregnant and just in the last few weeks added another baby girl to her family. So congrats to Lauren and the rest of her family. Like I said, this episode isn't just for parenting tips. I think a lot of what Lauren has to say applies to many different areas of our lives and many relationships in our lives. I think hearing her journey and her story also helps us take a bigger picture look at the journey we're each on and where we hope to go. Thanks for listening. Welcome to the podcast, Lauren. Thanks for having me. This is my first ever podcast that I've ever done in my life. Well, I appreciate you being a great friend and being willing to dive right in here with me as I'm learning too. So I want to know as someone who has not been there yet whatsoever, I want to know what goes through your mind when you decide that you are ready to have a child. Sure. So I was 26, almost, I was like one month away from turning 27 when my daughter was born. And I don't know, I just felt like I was ready. Like we had been married for three, almost four years at the time. And my husband was about to graduate from grad school. I had already, I had already gone to grad school and graduated and had been working. And I always knew that I wanted a family. And I always knew that I wanted a lot of kids. And I knew that it's not always going to be like the easiest process in the world to have a lot of kids. I mean, who, who knows what's going to happen. And so we decided to start early and we ended up getting pregnant right away, which was amazing. And so that's, that's kind of what made us want to start early was just the fact that we knew we wanted to have like a larger family and, um, and that, you know, who knows what's going to happen in the future when it comes to like trying to start a family and things like that. And so you had your beautiful bebe. I actually got to come out and see her when she was just like three weeks old. 
Um, it was amazing to see her as such a newborn and now to watch her grow up so much in just a few years. Uh, but I want to know, when did you discover Montessori? I don't think this was something that we talked about, you know, when you were pregnant or anything. Um, so when did you discover Montessori and what was the catalyst behind wanting to implement that into your lifestyle? Yeah. So basically what happened was I had connected with a few women here in Connecticut, like while I was pregnant and so that they had already had their kids. So they had like one-year-old children around that age or so. And I just like happened to be friends with them at the time. And just to kind of connect with other people who had kids, you know, create my mom friend circle it seemed that a lot of them were like constantly stressed out, constantly frazzled, always looking for activities to be constantly entertaining their children. And, you know, these activities aren't cheap. These are like, for example, like music classes that people would take their kids to here are like hundreds of dollars for a couple of weeks of class. It's like worked out to be like $20 for like a 45 minute class once a week. And I was just thinking, you know, like, I don't want to be one of these moms who's constantly just like trying to entertain their children with expensive activities and like not really living in the moment with their kids and not really being truly happy because their kids are just like expecting them to be constantly entertaining them. And so I actually read this book. It was called Bringing a Bebe. And I'm not sure who the author is, but I read this book. I remember hearing about it like far before I was pregnant. I heard about it on on NPR. They were interviewing the author. And I was like, I want to read that book, you know, which for me is rare because I'm not a huge book reader. (laughs) So I read the book and I really, everything that the author was saying resonated with me. It's a book about this woman who was basically an expat living in France, who was comparing the mothering styles, parenting styles of American women and French women. And she talks a lot about Montessori stuff in that book, but also about like how French parents aren't really helicopter parents and like their, their main goal in life isn't to like be constantly pleasing their children. They strike a good balance between obviously loving their children and wanting to provide for their children like happy lives, but also recognizing the fact that they are still people within themselves like as a parent you're still a woman you still like have these needs as an adult and so after I was reading that book and I heard about the Montessori stuff like obviously I'd heard about Montessori like we had a Montessori school in Worcester as we were growing up and I had preconceived notions about it it kind of had some like negative stereotypes associated with it at least like from my perspective and what my mom would say about oh, you know, oh, Montessori kids, they just get to do whatever they want. It's like a free-for-all. They just, you know, they don't really have any structure in their day. Once I started looking into it further, I like, I I found some, actually some Instagram accounts. And I saw these, like, these toddlers who were independent and happily playing independently and like using spoons and forks and just like, they seemed to be like polite, well-adjusted happy toddlers and so I looked into it and of course it's like we were already doing some of the things that are like typical typically Montessori right like we didn't provide her with any sort of battery operated loud noisy toys toys but that was just because 
I prefer to not have those things in my house because they're annoying for me. Like, I don't want to listen to those things all day long. So after that, I like, I looked into it more online and I read some blogs and I was like, we were basically already doing most of the stuff. And by this time, um, my daughter was around seven or eight months old. So she was pretty little still. And so at that point, I kind of decided to read more into it and like take a more active approach into the Montessori world. Um, And that's where it all kind of started. What are some of the both short-term and long-term goals that parents have uh, when they start raising their child using the Montessori method? So the main um, philosophy of the Montessori method in general is basically just like following the child, which means um, it's not really like a free-for-all per se, but you observe your child and see what their interests are, and then you follow them accordingly so if for example your child is really into animals or counting you would try to provide them with more opportunities to to explore those um like explore those desires instead of just forcing them to do certain things that you would prefer for them to do and so it's more of like a learning at their own pace you know that being said I also do believe in like a well-rounded education and things like that. So it's kind of difficult for me because I'm not like strictly like Montessori in any way. Like I also, I also let her watch TV at some points and, and, you know, like we just got a tablet for like traveling and things like that. But yeah, I think it's like definitely a good balance for our family. And, and in the long run, I think, I think she's going to learn, she's like she's learning to be more independent and and to work independently, play independently. She doesn't always need her mom and dad for everything. It's all, it's a lot about independence too. And it's called the, pre- the prepared environment. So you, you're kind of setting up their environment so that they can help themselves. And so you're not constantly having to do everything for them. So it's also supposed to boost their confidence and their ability to do things on their own. And so then it's supposed to snowball down later later in life so they're supposed to like gain all this confidence when they're younger and continue to gain confidence into their adulthood um and you know confidence helps everybody for sure and i have to give your daughter some major credit for her incredible skills already she's way better at cleaning sweeping all of it than i am at 29 years old she definitely knows like for example if she spills some water she runs over to her little kitchen where she has her her rags and she grabs a rag and she wipes it up right away and cleans up her spill which is pretty it's like it's awesome for me as a parent to not have to constantly be cleaning up after her obviously I still have to clean up after her she's two but um it's also adorable to see a little two-year-old going over and cleaning up a spill so yeah that was that was one of the things that attracted me to it is these cute little two-year-olds using forks I was like that is adorable. I like that. It is definitely quite adorable. I love seeing her do all of those activities. And you mentioned some of those items that she uses. What are some of the staple items uh, that are toys or I guess whatever you would call it for Montessori? What are those staple items that she uses every day? The Montessori um, setup at home is the environment, like I like I mentioned before, and so that kind of includes like having little stations. You can say stations around your house where they're like child-sized, easily accessible for them, where they can they can independently do 
um, these things, for example, like if she wants to get herself a glass of water, we have a little kitchenette set up for her with a water source and she can go inside the cabinet and get a little cup and fill it up with her own drink of water. And so like little things like that around the house where they don't need to ask their parent for help all the time and um, they can do things independently. Her little shelf with all of her little activities. She has um, an art space where she has access to all of her markers and crayons and stamps. Sometimes like I put stamps out, stickers. Um, I also rotate all of these things so that she's, I guess, never bored or, you know, depending on what her interests are for that week. Um, and then she also has her little bathroom self-care station set up upstairs where she's been also have another water source where she washes her hands after she goes to the restroom and then she can brush her teeth. Um, and obviously I, I help her or I have helped her with a lot of this stuff. She has a little area where she can put on her shoes and her coat um, before we leave the house like that. So just like little stations where they're able to sit down comfortably and do things on their own. Toddlers crave independence and they crave doing things independently and on their own. And so providing them with the opportunity to do those things, honestly, like, for us really helps just to have a smooth day-to-day life. I'm sure it probably depends on the age of the child uh, and the individual child themselves, but what are some of the first steps in creating a Montessori lifestyle? Where would someone start to implement this? You know, I obviously don't have any sort of sort of classic training in Montessori or anything like that. Like I'm just a normal mom who read a couple blogs and got really interested, which I think is true of a lot of people these days. I think more and more popular and people are like stand and, and recognize the, the benefits of doing Montessori at home. Um, but I read a book called a Montessori toddler by Simone Davies. I think it's how you pronounce her. It's, it's an first like introduction into easy introduction into Montessori at home for children zero to three, I believe. Um, and so that's a great resource. I also read a couple blog posts and mostly honestly through Instagram, I looked up, I, you know, I got a bunch of ideas through Instagram, a lot of inspiration. And then, so she was pretty small when I first started at home. So, you know, when they're little, it doesn't really take a lot. It's like about providing them with, with realistic objects. I know like one of the one of the first things you can do is, you know, when the when the babies are really small, you're supposed to let them, you know, have freedom of it and all this stuff, like letting them have tummy time and all the things that people do anyway. And then when they get a little bit older, you can start giving them, I would just give her like, like household objects, I would give her a banana, I'd give her an apple. And she could just explore those things. I'd give her like a whisk. She loved a whisk for like a long time. That was her favorite toy, just an average kitchen whisk. I know it's easy to get pulled into the idea that you need to buy all these expensive wooden toys and buy, buy, buy all this stuff. But in reality, um, Montessori shouldn't really be about the expensive things, but it's more about the experiences you're providing your child and, and just letting them have access to like everyday things and letting them become involved in practical life activities. Um, so like, I, I don't think we even talked about practical life yet, but the main Jones of Montessori too, right? So practical life is basically any activity that you would do normally throughout your day, for example, washing dishes and helping with putting in the dishwasher, holding laundry and 
little things like that, sweeping the floor and just getting your children involved with that stuff is also really important and helps with their, and it's cheap. I mean, it's free. They're, they're learning and they're helping you with your chores and you're keeping them occupied and they're happy doing it. So I would say maybe looking into some blogs, maybe some books, like I went pretty slow. I think it took maybe, maybe like a full year before I really like had my at home Montessori prepared environment that I was really happy with. And we're still evolving and we evolve our environment all the time, depending on what she needs and what I need. And that's one of my biggest takeaways I had. I want people to know is like, you can't have a happy child unless you're, you are a happy parent. And for me, being a happy parent means like my child can play independently when I need her to, and I can get chores done. And I don't need to be constantly stressed out all the time about needing to get stuff done around the house because it can get done either with my child or while she's independently playing. You talked to about Montessori not being a big expense. And I know that's a really big part of your platform. And I know we alluded to earlier our experience in Montessori with the past when we were children was that Montessori was like this private school that you paid for. So therefore, you know, it must cost a lot of money to do Montessori. Uh, But you've done a great job of making it accessible, making it affordable. That's something that you're really proud of. um, And, you know, that could be thrifting or going to Goodwill or sometimes you're just going on walks with your daughter in the neighborhood and you find something, uh, you know, kind of on the side of the road and you decide to repurpose it and reuse it and be able to turn it into something that you can use for Montessori. So what are some of those items that you've found and what are some of the methods that have helped you find these items you're looking for at a super accessible and inexpensive cost? Yeah, of course. I This is like my favorite topic because I love thrifting and I love finding a deal. I'm very cheap and I don't like spending a lot of money. And so when we first started out, I was doing, I, and I still do, I, well, not so much anymore with all the coronavirus stuff, but I was going to Goodwill and thrift stores all the time, constantly just like looking for looking for things, like going in with an open mind and, and not necessarily searching for specific things because you can't really do that when you go thrifting. But um, just like always like going in once a week and just looking to see what they had. And so I got, I've gotten almost everything that we have in terms of her, her like prepared environment from either Goodwill or Facebook marketplace, or there are like apps like called offer up online, which is basically like a Facebook marketplace that ships, um, nationwide. And so I have, and then I do a lot of DIYs too. And there are a lot of resources that you can find. I mean, I Google, I find all, I don't really think of a lot of these things on my own, obviously. Like I don't take credit for coming up with these ideas, but I get inspiration on Instagram and Pinterest and blogs. And then I just find a way to DIY it myself. So yeah, I think like the main things I would find at Goodwill would be like child size glasses and dishes and plates and things that you don't really mind breaking because they're from Goodwill and they're cheap. Like I would never buy brand new dishes for my toddler because that's kind of crazy. They just go and break them. Well, they could break them easily. She hasn't, she's only broken a couple of things, but, um, and then I also, Ikea has a ton of amazing things. They have the little kitchen that you can 
it's called the Ikea hack um, <laughs> kitchen. And I'm sure if, if anyone is, has looked up Montessori stuff on Instagram, you see it everywhere. Everybody who's like an, an Instagram influencer Montessori person <laughs> really has this Ikea kitchen hack. And it's awesome because it's cheap and it's perfect for what they need. Um, but Ikea has a ton of amazing stuff. I get a lot of stuff from Ikea and I'm lucky to have an Ikea close by to where I live. And also, if you live near an Ikea, your Facebook marketplace is probably filled with old Ikea things that people don't want anymore. So I get even cheaper Ikea things from Facebook marketplace that have been slightly used. So I get so much stuff off Facebook marketplace. It's insane. Like I should be their spokesperson for real. What have been some of the challenges that you've had in implementing Montessori? I know your daughter is pretty easygoing. She's got a great temperament and definitely seems to enjoy the Montessori method. But where's that line between, you know, keeping everything Montessori and maybe she's having a bad day, you're having a bad day, and you just want to throw in the towel, give her the tablet and let her sit there for a while. How do you draw that line and how do you handle that? (laughs) Right. Well, I mean, like I said before, I am definitely like way more chill um, about a lot of things than a lot of people are when they're a parent. So I (laughs) honestly, like for me, it's all about balance and I don't stress over little things like, um, you know, I try not to give her, we don't use the tablet when we're inside, but she watches TV. I think there also is like a misconception about how, you know, these kids are at home doing like quietly working at their shelves and doing and playing with their toys all day long. And that's just, that's, that couldn't be farther from the truth. Like she'll play with her toys, um, do her shelf work for, you know, an hour or so, maybe even more, you know, it just depends like day to day. It's always different, but we always try to get outside and play outside. That's the most important thing. And then she'll, she can play independently. And sometimes she doesn't want to play independently and that's fine. I'll play with her. I have the luxury of being a stay at home mom. I'm lucky in that sense. Like I, I can always find time to get things done. And if she's having a rough day and she needs to go outside and be outside all day, then that's what we'll do. So again, it is all about like following your child. And, and then also if I'm not having a good day and I need a break and I need her to be quiet or just like leave me alone. Um, I have no problem turning on the TV for her and not feeling guilty about it because uh, once again, if you are not a happy parent, then you will not have a happy child. And I truly believe that. Yeah. You talked about how when you started to implement Montessori, you referred to books, blogs, and other Instagram accounts. And then you decided to start your own Instagram account to document your Montessori journey. So tell us a little bit about how you started Modern Montessori Mama, MMM. And what has that been like for you? Because you've had this incredible success that I know from talking to you personally, you didn't necessarily see coming. Um, But now you have this great, interactive, highly engaging Instagram account. So tell us about that. I honestly started it because I felt like I wanted to connect with other moms who had similar interests as I did in terms of like the Montessori world, but I didn't want to, you know, spam my, my personal Instagram page with 
pictures of my daughter. And I felt like I did want to like, I liked sharing what I was doing with my daughter on a day-to-day basis, but I felt like I was getting like a little bit of, I don't know, like judgment or backlash from other people, like thinking that I was better than them by posting it on my Instagram and like I was being braggy and things like that. So I just felt like, you know what, I'm going to start this page and I'm not really going to tell anyone about it. And (laughs) I'm just going to like try to connect with other moms and other parents who who have similar interests and, and I want to get more ideas and I want to share my ideas. And, and I'm glad I did because, you know, I've made like a ton of really amazing Instagram friends who um, have also helped me with like some of the other struggles I've been going through this year. Um, And it's just been great to connect with people who have the same thought process as me and, and are like happy with, being able to talk about Montessori stuff because also it's like it's one of those things where you go and you it's hard to talk about parenting styles with other moms because I don't like I don't like bringing things up when it comes to parenting and like parenting techniques because people get really sensitive about those things right like nobody wants to feel like they're a lesser than parent for you know not doing enough or or you know not I don't know. It's, it's hard to explain, but like people, you know, other moms get kind of sensitive about those things. And so I tend to like in, in my real life interactions with other moms, unless I'm really comfortable with them and know, and they know that I'm coming from a good place. And I know that they're coming from a good place. I tend to not talk about parenting things really at all. Like we'll talk about surface level kid stuff, but um, like getting into like the nitty gritty of parenting. I just try to avoid it because it's um, it can turn into a sore subject really quickly. So that's kind of why I started the page and it grew really quickly. I honestly don't know how. And people ask me that all the time. Like, what did you do? And I don't know. I try to just be like really genuine with people. And, and I mean, I am doing it for fun. And so I feel like that I do respond to like every message I get and I don't get like a ton of messages, but um I try to respond to every message I get and I try to like actually really connect with everybody if they like want to with me because that's why I'm doing it. I started it to connect with people and like that's my goal. Um, and so I think that's kind of how I grew so quickly because because people just like like having a friend, <laughs> I guess. I don't know how else to explain it. Yeah. And I think your Instagram account, just like you've been on this podcast, is very reflective of your real life as far as maintaining that balance. Um, You're not trying to be some perfect Montessori mama. Um, You're just showing the ways that it has helped your life and trying to help other people have that same experience. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And I feel like a lot of pages are like that. And I, I, I do pride myself in like being real and saying like, you know what? It's okay. In my house, it's okay that the TV is on sometimes more than others, especially now during the winter. And like, it's okay that I'm feeding my child a hot dog quesadilla and not like a vegan meal. Like (laughs) that's just like not my real life. So I, I would never pretend that I'm doing things that I, that I'm not like everything that I post is like things that I'm just doing with her in real life. And I see a lot of other pages that are like constantly buying things and, and like buying activities and crafts and everything. I'm just like, I can't do that. Like I, 
I literally can't do that. I, I'm lazy. I'm honestly like a lazy person. And I'm like not very highly motivated um, for a lot of stuff. So like I, I won't post for days and then I'll like, I'll be like, all right, well, like last night, for example, I gave her some glue and, and some sprinkles. And I was like, here, you can glue these sprinkles onto the paper. And like, that was what we did. And that's like going to be the next thing that I put on my Instagram page because like, you know, that's what I did. And I just thought of it right then and there. And then we just did it. So yeah, I like to be genuine. I think it makes a big difference. And, and I mean, that's the only reason why I'm doing it, right? Like, I'm happy doing it now. I don't want it to turn into this thing that's like, takes away from my happiness and like takes away from the time with my daughter either. Yeah. How do you find the time to post on Instagram? I know it can be very time consuming. So how do you do that uh, while balancing being a mom? Well, you know, honestly, most of the time I do it when she's taking a nap or after she's gone to bed at night. Um, But I don't spend I don't spend a ton of time on Instagram. And I like I'm not very good about like linking things and things like that. Like, I'm just like, I'm not good at it. There are people who are much better than me and people who I'm sure make a ton of money. I don't make like hardly, I make some money and I'm very grateful for all the, for like the perks of like having a big Instagram page. But at the same time, it's like, I'm not going to put all this time and effort into something. It's a, it can be a lot. And I, I purposefully and intentionally try to limit my time on my phone because especially now that she's older, she really pays attention to those things. And so I try to stay off my phone. I'll take pictures if she's like doing something that I'm like, oh, this is this is like a good activity and I can post this for other people to see and like into and, and for inspiration. But then I'll put my phone away and then I'll post about it either the next morning or while she's taking a nap or at night. Mm-hmm. So that's when I find my time to do it. Mm-hmm. And I'm curious, too, how do you find time as a mom to recharge? And what are some of the activities that you like to do that help you recharge? What is your self-care routine? What's available to you? Um, And what do you maybe tell other people about that you might encourage someone else to do? I know you're definitely not the kind of person who would splurge on, you know, a $500 spa day every weekend or something like that. So tell us what you like to to do to recharge oh geez well back before all the coronavirus stuff was happening I used to go I used to go to the gym a lot which was awesome because I do like working out like I'm not a huge workout freak like I'm not like a gym rat or anything but um the gym by our house has childcare, which um it was it was super cheap and they did these awesome activities with them. They had like a rock wall and they did obstacle courses and they were just it was amazing. Like she loved going. I loved going. I would get like an hour where I could work out or like take a shower or <laughs> do whatever. And it wasn't like when she was napping anyway. So like I could still get all all the things done like that I needed to get done during her nap and then still have that hour for myself or hour and a half for myself. But that's not a thing anymore um, with COVID. And so I don't know, you know, like I don't feel, I honestly don't feel like I'm overwhelmed with like a ton of things, but I'm also like the type of person who like, I'm currently sitting in my bedroom, which is like, has clothes laying all over the floor. (laughs) So it's like, my house isn't perfect and that's fine. And like, there's always a mess, but I try to get things done here and there. And and so I do do a lot of like relax, relaxing when she's taking a nap, like, oh my gosh, it's not good. I watch a lot of TV and like, you know, 
Real Housewives and and junk TV like that. I do like hiking and getting outdoors, but we do a lot of that as a family, and I do a lot of that with my daughter too. So, well, and it sounds like, especially with Montessori, you're sort of integrating your daughter into these things that you do find recharging already. And it seems like because of that, your mindset isn't so much of like, oh, well, for every two hours I spend with my daughter, I need at least a half hour alone or something like that. Although I'm always an advocate for getting some alone time. And you know what? That is like one of the things that I was witnessing other families like going through when they had their kids. And I was like, I don't want to live like that. Like, that's not the kind of life I want. I don't want my life to like be just like waiting until the next time, like waiting for nap time, waiting for bedtime. And like, you see so much of that. Um, And it's almost like people post about it. Like it's a joke I see on social media, like, oh, I'm just waiting, just drinking my coffee and waiting for a nap. And I mean, some days like, yeah, we can all relate to that. We just, we're excited when they go to bed and like, that's fine. But some days, but most days I would say like, I'm genuinely happy to be doing the things that I love with, my daughter and involving her in my everyday life and and not just like raising her and like waiting until the next moment where I can have my own time like I love spending time with her and involving her in things that I love to do as well well thank you Lauren so much for uh hopping on board with doing the podcast with me um I want to end by asking just what are a few life tips, just a few mantras maybe that you carry with you um, that help you live what you feel is your best life? It's just important just to find your own happiness and to not really care about what other people think about you. Um, so that's number one. And number two would just be, you know, make sure that you are always checking in on people even if someone seems happy uh or you know they come across as happy online or on Instagram for example um doesn't mean that they're always thriving you know mentally in in life so I guess checking in on people is important my third piece of advice you know this is kind of cliche but like you do you (laughs) like people especially when it comes to Instagram you know you see all these beautiful Instagram lives and you know you've heard it a million times before but like you know Instagram is a highlight reel and you know as much as I try to make it real life um it's still our highlight reel even my Instagram and you know things aren't always peachy and happy all the time but um you know it's it's one of those things where it's like you do you this like Montessori world, people will come at you for, you know, not being Montessori enough. You know, if you feel like you need to put your kid in front of the TV for a couple hours longer than you normally would, because you need some time, then do it. You know, your happiness is, is worth more than what someone might perceive you as online. So those are my three pieces of advice. Well, thank you again. And I want to tell our listeners that they can find your Instagram account, Modern Montessori Mama, at Modern Monty Mama on Instagram. That's M O D E R N M O N T I M A M A, Modern Monty Mama. And we look forward to doing more episodes with you in the future. Thank you for listening to Life Concierge Podcast. 
If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to support the podcast, please rate, review, and subscribe. It really helps and you won't miss an episode when you subscribe. Catch all the latest from Life Concierge Podcast and follow at Life Concierge Podcast on Instagram. You can also visit the website lifeconciergepodcast.com to learn more, leave a note, or recommend a topic or guest for an upcoming episode. Thanks again, and we'll see you next week.